Thank you for joining us today for a new edition of the Pennsylvania Library Association's PA LaunchPod, the podcast that focuses on Pennsylvania libraries and the people who make them special. Every day in Pennsylvania, a librarian impacts the life of a child, family, student, job seeker, grandparent, or the guy next door. This is your opportunity to hear what is happening at a library somewhere in Pennsylvania, maybe even in your hometown. This is Brian Fulton one of your hosts for PA LaunchPod. Today, we're talking with Betty Lawson, a children's librarian at the Wayne County Public Library in Holmesdale, Pennsylvania. All right. Um, well, today here on PA LaunchPod, we're speaking with Betty Lawson, um, and she's going, she's a library worker at um, the Wayne County Public Library. Is that correct? That's the, the yep. real name, yep. Betty? Mm-hmm. Right. Get that right. And um, so it's important. And she will be speaking about her Read to Me program that she does at the Wayne County Correctional Facility. So, Betty, um, tell us a little about um, perhaps how you got started or interested in this program. Well, I've always wanted to do something in a prison, and I just didn't know how to go about it. So it was just a kind of a feeling I had um, in my in my heart <laughs> and I was at a workshop a district workshop and my um, district consultant Michelle Legate um, organized the workshop and one of somebody talked about uh, we, all, we were talking about things we wanted to do I said I really wanted to work in a prison do something in the prison and uh, she sent me within two days she sent me uh, this great article about um, a program that was started in Minnesota in a, um, a correctional facility librarian started it. So um, through the internet, internet, I was able to track him down, and he was my mentor at the beginning of this. So he kind of paved the way for me, um, told me um, the ins and outs of it, and um, what steps I had to take, and what rules I needed to follow, and um, how to get my foot in the door uh, at the uh, in the prison. So. That was it. I had a, a contact um, here at the at the library. We have a um, liter- adult literacy department, and the director of that said, "I will give you the contact information for the local local correctional facility." And um, within within a week, I had um, my appointment uh, to take a tour through the facility so that I would feel um, comfortable and safe. And the prison was um, automatically on board. That's great. That's so. Could you tell um, tell us a little about like what the actual the process is like? How do you get started? You know, with the inmates. Um, probably like you know, like a condensed version of like just how the program works. Sure. Um, I I make up um, I make up flyers that are. Um, I had to work really hard on the flyers because you don't want them to be intimidating. You don't want them to be too um, sugary, too flowery. Um, so I made <clears throat> I made um, flyers for the um, the men's quad and for the women's quad, and that's that they um, hang up in the um, in the general area of of the inmates. And it just said, um, you don't have to be a strong reader. This is a this is a hard time for you. And I would like to connect you with your with your family while you're incarcerated, and um, <clears throat> that's it. Uh, I and then the inmates have to sign up with the um, 
Director of Inmate Affairs, and then she will um, email me um, the names of the inmates I'll be working with. And um, so I, I, go, I meet with um, inmates one-on-one, -on -one, and I meet with them on Fridays. Um, I've blocked in the time from um, 12 to 3, I'm at the prison. And uh, the, it's a three-week program with each of them. And uh, the first week, we, we, it's a little informal. We, we, I talk about my background. I talk about um, where I come from, that my, my mother was a teacher, yet was, I was never read to. And um, even though I was never, she never had the time to read to me, I, books were important. They were always around the house. So I tell them that because I want them to know not everybody uh, not everybody's read to, but it's it's what's kind of uh, the example that's that's taught to you. And my parents had set an example that books were always around. My parents were always reading. So um, yeah, I, I so I tell them that so that they don't. I don't want them to think that um, we all. I wanted the, I wanted them to see a human side of me that um, I. I walk in there from a family that uh, a very big family that didn't have a lot of time to uh, sit and read to their children and um, I think that's it sounds silly uh, it may sound tiny uh, but it's it's a I think that's a, a really big um, uh, it opens up a door for these people to kind of accept me and then um, I do a, I show them a we talk about um, whether they've been read to um, now they're not afraid to tell me if they weren't read, read to. Um, they're not ashamed of it. And then um, I showed them a PowerPoint um, that I've made up on the, yeah, we all hear reading is really good. Uh, it's really important to read. But what, what I want to teach them is there's an actual um, physical change that happens in their child's brain when they're read to. That they're, um, one of the one of the beautiful facts that I give them is that their children's brain um, when they're born have as many brain cells as there are stars in the Milky Way and that's huge and um, that stops them in their tracks and that kind of smacks them with this reality that there's really something in those brains that we really need to nurture um, yes. And then uh, we pick, uh, I bring about 10 picture books. Um, they have to be soft cover. They can't be hard cover. And um, they pick out a book that they would like to read to their children. Um, I have everything from a wordless Tommy DePaula book, Pancakes for Breakfast, to something that's a little more wordy. Um, one of my favorites is um, The Three Little Wolves and the Big Bad Pig. And... Um, so there, there, and then there's there's some that um, airport by Byron Barton, which is very um, a very simple book about airplanes. So um, all different levels. I have some that are really girly princess books, and some that are um, a little more um, uh, not you know not not so girly. Um, some some of them will say I need a princess book, and so I have to order some princess books. Um, and some will say, uh, no, my child only likes trucks, so I have to make sure that I have, I have enough. So I have about 10 books that they can choose from. Every now and then I'll have somebody say, one time I had um, an inmate say, do you have The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein? And I said, wow. no. And he said, oh, that's the one I really wanted to read. And um, I don't want to get into the, I don't want to get into them choosing it because then I have to, 
go back and order them. It's a really big process. But sometimes um, there's, a, there's a background story as to why they want to read a certain book. So I do go out of my way to, to try to get that. Somebody, one of the uh, women just said to me the other day, do you have um, I'll Love You Forever by uh, Robert Munch? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, my mother read that to me. And I really wanted to read that to my girls. So I thought, oh, the heck with it. I'm going to order that book. So I did. And, um, and that made her really happy. Um, so, so, uh, so then um, they bring that book back to their back to their room, um, to their quad. They read it, they practice it, um, and then they come back the third week, and um, we, I record them. And then I bring it back to the library. I burn it to a CD, and I send a copy of the CD um, with the copy of the book to the um, to the child. Um, wow. Addressed to the caretaker. Yep. Yeah, wow. and I if if it's a local child, I will um, I will send I will uh, issue them a library card, um, and I send a list of children's programs that are going on, uh, which I've already talked to the inmate about through the PowerPoint about what a library has, what it's that it's uh, that it's free that that we we're not just books anymore. We're learning centers. We have Lego tables. You know, I try to. Um, because we're not, we're not, we're not just books anymore, as we all know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, so Betty, um, could you tell us about like, uh, like the inmates' reactions to, mm. you know, like when they're, you know, like during that recording session, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. after the your two sessions, and like how, how they are like when they speak about when they're reading to their child. I will. I will tell you, Brian. This is um, this is the most touching part of it. Um, it's it's really bittersweet because sometimes I leave there on such a high because um, it's such a beautiful, simple way to connect them with their children. And then sometimes I leave there practically in tears because it's really, really painful to see these um, these people love their children and they've made horrible stupid mistakes um i've had the biggest scariest toughest inmates um with their hands shaking getting ready to record this book <clears throat> um it's it's uh for some reason it's really nerve-wracking um i don't have any big uh recording equipment i i literally press a little a little icon of a microphone on my on my um, laptop, but um, I've had some of them say, I, 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 "I'm just not ready yet. I'm not ready to do this," which I find um, really funny because they've they've done harder things than record a children's book. But this is so important to them; they don't want to screw it up. And um, I've had I had one inmate. Oh, it was my it was my second one there, and I. He started to um, cry um, the first day that I met with him because he was so grateful <clears throat> for this opportunity. And when he was done, um, I, I give them all a certificate when they're done. And I, I, I try to make it look um, uh, like a serious certificate. There's a seal on it and there's a stamp on it. And I don't want it to look childish. And I really thought when I first gave them the certificate, they were going to laugh me out of the room. Um, his name was Jason and he cried and he said, I have never been good at anything in my life, but I knew I was good at this. And he was, he was a really great reader. 
And um, he said he suffered from Tourette's syndrome all of his life, and I was the first person he ever read out loud to. And I've told this story so many times. This has been two years I've been doing this, and every single time I tell, talk about him, I get goosebumps, and I have to write now. That I just thought that was so, um, so beautiful. That, um, and what an honor for me that I was the first yeah. one he felt comfortable yeah. reading in front of. But also, how beautiful that he he teared up over reading over his, for his children, and that he and that he felt good about himself. You know, there's there's a um, I want to connect them with their children. That's a really big part of this. Um, but I also want to raise them up. I want to make them feel good about themselves. I, I wish I could work with them longer than three weeks because I feel like I make this um, connection. And I've got to make it fast. I only have three weeks. I've got to make a connection that first week that I meet with them. Or this, I just don't feel that this works. And, um, and, I, and, and I think I'm good at that. I think I'm good at making that quick connection when I, um, when I have to. And I, um, so, so when, so, yeah, so, so me, connecting with their children, huge, huge, huge part of this. But another huge part of this, which I think is equally as important, is I want to make them feel really smart. I want to make them feel good about themselves. Um, we tr I try to have really good discussions with them, whether it's about their experiences that got them here or about their children, about their parenting. I try to, um, uh, interject parenting tips in there um, when I can, hoping, hoping that um, that something will stick and that they'll, it'll make a little bit of a difference. Um, I had, there was one time I did, um, I did one workshop at the federal prison um, with 32 male inmates. And um, that, that was, that was scary. And um, I had guards all inside the room. When I'm at the correction, local correctional facility, I don't have any, any guards with me, but I have a, um, a radio on me with a stress button if, in case I feel nervous. And um, so I, I walked safe. in. Excuse me? I said, as long as you're safe, you know, when you're right. doing this. Right, that's right, that's right. Important. And I never, I, I never feel nervous. Um, and I, sometimes I think I should feel nervous that I don't feel nervous. Um, <laughs> But um, in the federal prison, I had um, it ended up going beautifully, and and I cried the whole way home, happy tears because it was such an incredible experience. But one of the inmates um, was very belligerent during my during the workshop, and he was a little um, sarcastic. Um, but by the end of, by the end of the workshop, he and I were were buddies, and he came up to me and said. Um, Everything, because I, I talked about what parents need to do to fill up those little brain cells and that we need to talk with them and we need to sing with them. The five uh, principles of early literacy, talk, sing, read, write, play, all very simple things that we have to do. But, you know, not every parent does this. Not every parent um, is skilled in this and not every parent um, learned that through their parents. It's this, this, you know, we hear this vicious, vicious, sad cycle. And um, he said to me, I'm sorry. He stood up in front of the whole group and he said, I just want to apologize to you for my attitude. Um, and then he, which was huge because he was this big tough guy. So to apologize in front of 32 of his um, peers was a big deal. And then he came up to me and he shook my hand and he said, I, I just um, want to apologize to you in person. Everything you said a, pa um, a parent needs to do for their child, I never got. 
So when you talked about it, it rubbed me raw. And that's why I acted the way I did. And he said, I'm really sorry. And, and that's it right there. Um, that's it right there. That's, that's the problem is a lot of these um, adults as children never got what they needed. And um, so they don't know what to do with their children. And it's, um, it's never been, it's never been shown to them. It's never been taught to them. So um, it's, so I'm trying, I'm trying in three weeks to make up for a lot of lost time. And I know I can't do it. And when I first started this, I thought, um, I am going to save the world. And um, it turns out, guess what? I can't. <laughs> but, um, but I can sure give it my all for those three weeks. And um, I try to let them know that they have um, a support and that they have an advocate in the community that will um, cheer them on and, and um, they know I, if they're local, I give them my, um, my business card. They know, they know how to reach me anyway, because I give them library information. So, um, so they always know if they want to do community service here with me, or um, if, if they want to sign their children for my programs, I will, bump them up on the waiting list um, to get them in my program. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying. I don't. Yeah. Hey, it, it sounds like you're, you know, you are, you're, you're trying. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the important thing that helping, mm -hmm. helping, you know, helping change maybe a, a little part. They're right. making, right. you know, things better. Um, could you just um, maybe give, you know, I mean, the, your whole, speaking you know it's very encouraging you know mm -hmm. and just that it is a, a tough project you know working mm -hmm. with that community mm -hmm. and it sounds like what could you give advice to out there to say how to convince how to someone it. how to start it or to mm -hmm. convince that library director or that library board mm -hmm. to, oh. to come to come on board well, well that's a good question <clears throat> um well, I will tell you that it's not as hard to start up as it seems. You just have to get your foot in the door of the prison, which sounds a little daunting. But, well, what, one good thing that's happening now in the, um, I'm noticing in the news, and, and uh, somebody just sent me an article the other day through Facebook that, Prison work, um, libraries and prisons. This is this is this is happening now, and people are talking about it now. And I don't, I don't think it's as hard. It wasn't as hard for me. It's almost like all the stars aligned for me. And my my director of literacy, uh, um, adult literacy, had contacts. That that would be the first step. I would say get in touch with because they're always um, uh, adult literacy programs are always going in to prisons for um, uh, GED um, planet, uh, teaching, um, uh, maybe book discussion groups, I'm not sure, but I, definitely for GED and for tutoring. So I would say the first step is get in touch with somebody from a literacy department who could, be, they would have your contact information. And you can also, I mean, just look up local prisons and get their contact information, but it's really, it's a lot easier if you have somebody already on the inside, and that would be a literacy uh, department. And then um, 
I had I had a whole packet of what my plan was, that it was going to be a three-week program. It was really important to let the prison know they had to do nothing for this. I would come in and do everything. They just had to get a guard at the front door to get me to my room and get me back. I would do everything. I would, um, I would pay for the books and everything. Um, fortunately, my local prison said, we don't want the library to pay for this. We want to pay for this. So my books, it, it costs about, oh my goodness, probably every order for books is about $200. I would say about $400 a year in, in uh, paperback books. So the the prison said that's, that money will come out of the inmates' commissary. <clears throat> so that's um, that was huge. That was huge for, yes. um, for yes. them to offer to do that. So um, I, I let them know that's really important. I, I, I will do everything. This is nothing extra you have to do. And then um, I had to really honor all of their rules. Um, they they say uh, no jewelry. I don't wear any jewelry. They say I have to be here at a certain time. I can't be there during um, when they're doing the, the count, the daily count of the inmates. Um, the other day we were, uh, I was with an inmate and we went into lockdown and they had to quick get me out of there. So I have to um, abide by all of their rules and I have to be respectful of that. And um, they tell me I can't have hardcover books. I can't have hardcover books. Um, yeah. I can't have staples and anything, things like that. So, um, and that sounds like a little thing, but I really, I want them, this has to be a relationship that works. So I have to respect everything um, that they, that they that they tell me. Um, so as far as as far as selling this to directors, boy, I I hope that this would be an easy sell, but I know that it, in some cases it might not be. My feeling is um, everybody, director and children's librarians and um, reference librarians, everyone should sit at their desk today and just close your eyes and think, am I doing everything I can do to serve the underserved? Am I doing everything I can do to serve the disenfranchised? Um, I, I always think, am I doing everything I can do to serve people who are broken, who are a little broken and um, a little lost? And I think that that's, um, I think that's our job. If, if you want to look at our job as just being a building with shelves of books and people come in and on the honor system, take them out and bring them back. Um, that's, that's not my, that's not how I describe my job at all. Um, that might've been our job 15, 20 years ago. That's not our job anymore. Um, I think it's our job to reach out to the underserved and um, in doing that, it's, I feel, I feel like it's our job. We have this great, um, this great avenue. We have this, I have this, we all have this building with, with these free services, with these beautiful books and these, this Lego table and these children's programs and adult programs and it, and, um, uh, programs set up to help you find a job and genealogy and we have all of this let's let these people who need it the most you and I will be okay we're gonna be okay if um, if nobody channels us towards books we're gonna be okay um, mm -hmm. but 
how about reaching out to the people that that aren't going to come in our door? Let's find them. Let's find them and let's raise them up and bring them in and embrace them and um, put our arm around them, show them where the large print is, show them where the <laughs> where the mysteries are, um, make them feel comfortable in the computer room, and if if they can't because they're in jail, well then let's go there and let's walk in there with the radio on our hip <laughs> and the guards walking past and let's, um, and let's raise them up there and let's make them feel better about themselves because then maybe they won't go back. Maybe um, they'll feel a little bit better about themselves. Maybe they'll be um, a better parent, a better person. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm romanticizing the whole thing, but I feel no, like um, no. I feel like if you know when when people when we raise each other up, we're better people. Yes, we're better for being the raisers, and we're better for being the raisee. <laughs> and yes. uh, I just think um, I think that's our our job here. Um, yeah. If you, if you want to think that we're just books, um, I I almost want to say shame on you we're so much more and um and if if you want help with this give me a call email me um it's not daunting it's not big it's beautiful sometimes it's really sad sometimes it's maddening um but most of the time it's it's pretty pretty beautiful yes. and it's um beautifully simple well i no better words spoken betty there you know, your last few statements um, about what it is to be a librarian. Um, I want to thank you today for sharing your project with us and your passion. Thank you for being and interested. Hope, yeah. You know, if you're interested, you know, reach out to Betty and um, um, to Betty Lawson and she'll, she'll help, she'll help you out. Cause that's I'll what she's here. This is, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Betty. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this episode and how you can be featured on this podcast, visit www.palibraries.org. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.